Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Uh, some of you know uh, uh, how, I, how I met my wife. The, uh, the, the interesting thing is that I knew about my wife before I ever met her. Uh, I've, I've actually, uh, I knew her dad, uh, uh, her sister, her brother-in-law, and her niece and nephew uh, long before I met Jody. And it was, uh, it was interesting because uh, her dad, was the, he was the president of the college that I went to, and uh, uh, probably at least uh, once a week, uh, he, would do a, he would do the chapel. We had chapel every day. Uh, once a week, he would lead the chapel. And he loved to use his family as illustrations uh, to make his points in his chapel messages. So I got to hear stories about Jody and her siblings before I ever met her. Uh, but of course, that really, it, it really didn't prepare me uh, for when I actually did meet her. I, I met her at church. Uh, uh, I was serving as a director of uh, youth ministries at a church up in the Bay Area, and her brother and sister-in-law had, her brother-in-law and sister had gone off to celebrate their anniversary, and she took, she brought the kids to a spaghetti feed dinner that I was putting on as a fundraiser for the youth group. That was on a Saturday night. Uh, the next day was Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, the 49ers were playing the Miami Dolphins in uh, uh, at Stanford, and uh, we brought in a big screen TV to the church, and we had a barbecue out there. And after church, we had a we had a barbecue, and then we all gathered in the sanctuary to watch the game. Jody and I are both uh, football fans, and uh, uh, but we missed the game because we sat in the back of the church and we talked, we talked, and we talked, and we talked. At the end of that evening, I asked her out on our first date. It was, uh, it was a play, and the play was a couple of weeks away. But in the meantime, between that evening and the actual time of the play, we talked on the phone, you know, probably every other day. So by the time we actually went out on a date, we had spent hours on the phone getting to know one another. And that began a process. And uh, six weeks later, we were engaged. I know, that's quick. But our engagement was a year long. And uh, uh, after that year, we got married and began our life together. Uh, and I can honestly tell you that I'm, I, I love my wife more today uh, than I did when I said, I love you. And that's because I know her more deeply now than I did back then. Even though the time that I had spent with her uh, helped me to see that, yes, this was the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, uh, but I knew that it was the beginning of a relationship. Now, some of you know Jody, and you know some things about Jody, but do you really know who she is? You know that she, that she loves to bake, but did you know that she always likes to underbake her cookies just a little bit. She's a fantastic cook. But no matter what she fixes, if she doesn't like it, she's never going to fix it again. Even if we think it was the greatest thing ever. Because she's the cook. 
So there are little things like that 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 I know, uh, that now you know, but you only know them because I have told you. I know them because I've experienced life with Jody, my wife. In a similar way, God invites us to experience life with Him. And the more time we spend with God, the better we know Him. For so many people, what they know about God is simply head knowledge. Now, head knowledge is important, and that's why we're doing this deep dive this year into theology, and and we're looking at God and our doctrine of God, what we believe about God, why we believe it, and why it matters. And we do that through Scripture. Because as I said a couple of weeks ago, the Word of God is our first and final authority in all areas of faith and life. So as we build uh, our theology and understanding of a doctrine of God, it is ground in the text. But never forget that as much as you learn, as you read the text... Read it as an invitation from God to come and spend time with Him. We're still in the book of John. I know, shocking, isn't it? I'm going to go a little bit longer today. I'm going to read the first 18 verses of chapter 1. And as I read this, I want you, if you have your Bibles, please open them up and follow along. As I'm I'm reading this passage, I want you to ask yourself, what am I learning about God as I read these verses, as I hear Pastor David read these verses? And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk about some of the things that we have read here, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about some of the attributes of God. So here it is, gospel according to John, chapter 1. Some of this will be familiar to you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him... All people might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become 
children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning Him. He cries out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. Listen to that again. No one has ever seen... Yeah, just the last verse, not all 18 verses. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John is making it very, very clear to us that Jesus and God are one. Last week, I talked about the various uh, attributes of God and the, and the doctrine of God and, and all those uh, different arguments, uh, teleological, ontological, cosmological arguments for the, for the existence of God. And you know what? That's stuff that is, uh, is, is great and it's wonderful to study. It belongs in a classroom. I'm not so sure that it belongs in Sunday morning. But there are some things that I do want to touch on today. As we, as we think about what this passage is telling us about God. But it's important that we realize that it is not just this passage in John that has things to tell us about God. It is the entire council of Scripture. And so we have a place of, of jumping off to find these other different passages. And some people would say, well, pastor, you know, you're just, you're just hunting and pecking and pulling passages out of context. No, not really. You see, there have been people who have done the deep dive before us. And they have, they have pulled these threads together to help us to wrap our minds around who God is. As we think about God, who is immortal, who is eternal, who is unchanging. We think about God who is uh, omnipotent, which means all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresence, everywhere at once. It is a little mind-boggling 
But we need to understand who this God is that we are worshiping because there is but one true and living God. I love in the passage here where John uh, writes it and he says it twice where he says, the word became flesh and has dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law, jump down to verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I love that grace precedes truth in both of those. Because the reality is, I'm not sure we could handle the truth. Do you remember that movie? Uh, uh, A Few Good Men, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson. And uh, there's that courtroom scene and the young attorney, uh, the young JAG officer, he's pressing uh, the Marine colonel who's Jack Nicholson's character. And he says, I want the truth. I want the truth. And finally, Jack Nicholson, he says, you can't handle the truth. And you know what? (laughs) I'm not sure that we could handle the truth either without grace. Remember, we, uh, last week I said, you know what, I, I know when something's wrong, but something, the right answer is something that we, that we are striving for. It's a process and, and struggling with the text, with our understanding of God is a journey. And I'm not sure that we're ever going to have all the right answers until the fullness of time. But as I, 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 wanna, I want us to think deeply about who this God is that we worship. As uh, uh, one of my colleagues up, in, up at Solana Beach once said in a book that he wrote, uh, he said, uh, if we truly understood who it is that we were worshiping, we would, we would wear crash helmets when we came to worship. We are worshiping the eternal, unchangeable God who spoke the world into existence. All the matter that we see. There was a time when there was nothing. God spoke it into existence. If God can speak all of this into existence... What might he be able to do to us were it not for his love and for his grace? So think, as you, uh, as you think about the, uh, the passage that I read for you today, what, what, what are the things about God can you discern from this? A, a couple of the attributes that I, that I talked about last week, again, the omnis, uh, omnipotence, uh, uh, omniscience and, uh, and, and omnipresence. I, I've, I've got a couple of passages that I, that I want to jump to to help you to understand, understand just, you know, what that is, uh, what that's all about. When I think about the omniscience of God, that God knows. I, I, hope, you, I hope, men, I hope you dial in on the uh, uh, Coronado Men's Connection tomorrow night. Uh, Gary Moon's going to do an excellent, excellent job. He, uh, he gave us a little preview on Wednesday. In fact, you know what? I, I bet, I bet we could get that link out 
to, to anybody that wanted to watch it, because even though it's Men's Connection, it's going to be all remote. Gary's worth listening to. Um, uh, he talks about uh, uh, Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard was convinced of four things. He was, and listen to this very carefully, because this is huge. Dallas was convinced that, uh, first and foremost, there is an invisible real. You know, if you leave today with nothing else uh, but, a, but an understanding and a conviction that there is an invisible real, your time this morning will have been well spent. There is a spiritual realm that is very, very real. Number two, because of that, there is knowledge in the invisible realm that we can access. We can learn from God. Now, what we're going to learn from God as we spend time with him is going to be verified, backed up, and authenticated by the word of God. But there is knowledge, genuine knowledge. It's, it's just like the knowledge that I have with Jody because I've spent time with her. I have greater knowledge because I know her because I've spent that time with her. You can gain knowledge about God by spending time with God. There is an invisible realm, and we can gain knowledge from that realm, that invisible realm. After all, the most important parts of ourselves are invisible, our conscience, our spirits, our souls. You can't see that, but it's there. There is an invisible realm. We can gain knowledge by spending time within that invisible realm. Recognizing that created in the image of God, we have invisible aspects of our own lives as well. And interacting with God, the fourth thing, interacting with God in that invisible realm is transformative. And we talk about transformation that comes through spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines that intentionally bring us into the presence of God. And who is this God? This God that I'm talking about, uh, uh, this God is omniscient. Which means what? Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says. Talking about God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that, the, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so my word goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which it is sent. The omniscience of God. God knows. And God wants to share some of that knowledge with us. But he's not going to share that knowledge with us if we haven't bothered to already see and read what he has plainly given to us and then use that as a bridge to actually spend time with him. There is knowledge to be gained from the invisible realm. That's the, om, the omniscience of God. 
But then we talk about the omnipotence of God, the power of God. In the Great Commission, Jesus says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. We get a little bit of of omnipotence there. uh, And we get a little omnipresence there as well. Lo, I am with you always. But the omnipotence is what I want to focus on, the power of God. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. I'm mindful of when we were reading our our way through the book of Hebrews. Uh, I should have had it it marked here, but you'll you'll be patient with me. the opening pages of Hebrews, listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. That the God that we worship is all-powerful and all-authoritative in all of creation, and that Jesus is holding it all together through the power of his word. That's om, omnipotence. Omnipotence. God is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful. And then last, He is omnipresent. And I go to Psalm 139, I think probably one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite chapters uh, in the Psalms. Psalms 139, listen to this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, the light become night around me, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. This, the, the idea that you can't hide from God. Bidden or unbidden, God is present. As we gather for corporate worship, we invite God to make his presence known. But bidden or unbidden, God is present wherever we go, wherever we are. That's the God that we worship. And is that a little, is, 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 a, is a little unsettling? Yes, it's a little unsettling. To think that there is a God outside of creation who is all-knowing, knows you better than than you know yourself, and he loves you anyway. I think that's cool. He is all-powerful. And he is everywhere present. But he is also the eternal one and the unchanging one. Uh, Again, um, going back to Hebrews 13th chapter, remember 
uh, remember your, your, your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their ways and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. Everything changes except God. He is the unchanging one. And then in the book of, Revolution, book of Revelation, uh, we, we, we read these verses in chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty, the Eternal. God without beginning and end beginning or end. God who is unchanging. God who is all-powerful. God who is all-knowing. God who is all-seeing. This is the word. In the beginning. That was with God and was God. This is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the, the word that came to his own and his own did not recognize him. The darkness has not understood it. Oh, how much darkness still invades our lives even though we have the light of Christ available to us. The invitation that God gives to us is to spend time with Him, to get to know Him, to wrestle with some of these truths. You don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to have the belief of, of, a, you know, of a saint. But you do need to trust and as, uh, as somebody, uh, somebody said it once, actually it was, it was D. Leffler who, who made the comment at a session meeting one time uh, that, uh, you know, some people struggle with, uh, you know, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And other people have responded to that and said, yeah, you know, I can certainly see that. Some of the things that I've gone through, you know, I think God has too high opinion of me if he thinks I can handle this stuff. It was D. Leffler who said, of course there's things in life that we can't hand, that, are, that are overwhelming to us, but what that does is it drives us deeper into the arms of our Lord. And that's where the trust component enters into this. Our belief is growing, changing, maturing, but our trust is steadfast. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. These 18 verses in John's gospel are phenomenal. And we get hints in here of the Trinity. We get hints in here of the deity of Jesus Christ, of God the Father. And I began last week, and many of you have said you appreciated the fact that I began my sermon last week with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth. 
And some people have said, well, I don't like this image of, 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 of God as father because my, my earthly father was less than ideal and it brings up bad memories for me. But the only reason that you know that your earthly father is less than ideal is because you have in the back of your minds an understanding of what a good father should be like. And that is the God that we worship. God the Father who is omnipotent, who is omniscient, who is omnipresent, who is unchanging, who is eternal. And he's extended an invitation to you and to me to spend time with him, to get to know him better because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these words in John's gospel and the opportunity that you've given to us today to really kind of do a deep dive and, and, and really begin to, or continue, Lord, depending on where we are, to think more deeply about who you are and, and what scripture reveals to us about who you are. But Lord, help us to not make the mistake of thinking that because we know things about you, that we know you. Help us, Lord, to enter into that space where we can gain that knowledge of who you are firsthand, up close and personal. For we pray it, we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. If you're willing and able, I invite you to stand and sing with me hymn number 409, I Know Whom I Have Believed. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. It can be a little, a little overwhelming and a little unsettling because... These are huge things that we're talking about when we talk about the attributes of God. And, and honestly, that's okay because we need sometimes to be pushed out of our comfort zone when we think deeply about God and about the things of God. But I want you to remember this, that this same God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, eternal and unchanging has extended an invitation to you and me to crawl up on his lap to lean in and call him father and get to know him deeply and intimately and we do that through reading and meditating the word and we do that through the spiritual disciplines the soul exercises that i keep pushing on 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 you people it's worth spending the time, just like the time you spend with your loved ones to get to know them better. That same invitation is extended to us to know our God better. Don't miss the opportunity of knowing God more fully as we live into the kingdom together. Amen? Amen.